welcome to the Business of Coaching, where I talk to qualified coaches like you about how to build a financially viable coaching business so that you can make your living doing something you love. I'm Sarah Short, founder of The Coaching Revolution. My life's work is to get people coached because I found having coaching to be a transformational experience. I can't coach the whole world myself. I tried, but I can teach qualified coaches how to find clients who'll pay a professional rate and get the world coached that way. I've worked with hundreds of coaches over the past five years, teaching them comfortable, effective marketing techniques designed especially for professional coaches. These coaches now know how to find coaching clients who can and will pay a professional rate for coaching. This week, we're going to talk about some of the myths around corporate coaching and the contracts that go along with that. But first of all, let's look at the fact that marketing isn't an optional extra. Marketing skills are essential. They're not an optional extra. Marketing isn't a nice to have or an add on skill for coaches who want to have their own businesses. It's an absolutely essential skill. It's as essential, in fact, as your coaching skills. I was chatting to a coach recently who was explaining that she hasn't been massively successful with her coaching business. In fact, her accountant told her that really it's a hobby, not a business. That must have been uncomfortable. I find that I have to scratch my coaching itch by having coaching conversations in a more informal way with people I meet, she told me. I've got a few observations about that. First of all, there are two skills that are essential if you run a coaching business. One of them is coaching, of course, your delivery skills. The other is marketing skills. Those are the skills that you use to create the opportunity to actually do the delivery. Without both skills in equal measure, any coach is going to struggle to create a viable business and you'll be stuck either having informal coaching conversations or coaching for mates rates, neither of which are really satisfactory. Secondly, about those informal coaching conversations, our professional bodies have rules of ethics that dictate that a coaching conversation isn't happening unless both parties are aware that the conversation is a coaching conversation. So what that means in reality is that these informal conversations aren't coaching conversations at all. What they really are is the way that this particular coach convinces herself that she's still using her coaching skills. I realise this seems quite harsh of me and, and I really don't mean to be unkind. However, it's the truth. An unpalatable truth, I'll, I'll grant you. But yes, it's still the truth. Thirdly, a decision to not learn how to market in a professional and effective way is a choice not to grow a financially viable coaching business. It's really interesting to note that we've had several people with marketing degrees and whole careers in product-based marketing join the coaching revolution. And without exception, they've said to me, I know how to market a product to a consumer, but how do I market me as a coach? So what that tells me is that marketing yourself as a coach feels different from other forms of marketing. Good marketing is both comfortable and effective. You don't have to be loud, shouty or braggy. You just have to be clear, concise and focused. 
and it's the focus bit that can get coaches all hot under the collar. The first step to effective marketing is to know who you're marketing to. It's not possible to market to everyone. You simply won't be heard. And so you have to choose a particular audience to market to. And as you know, this particular audience is called a target audience or a niche. And the word niche can bring coaches out in hives, even today. They worry so much about the concept of focusing their marketing because they think it will mean that they're losing out on everyone else as a potential client. And the truth is the exact opposite. By focusing on a particular group of people, it becomes far easier to help people understand why they might want to be coached. This, in turn, means that they become interested in talking to you about having some coaching. Let's talk about some of the myths around corporate coaching contracts. Corporate coaching contracts are the holy grail for a significant number of coaches. This particular kind of coach often comes from a corporate background and have frequently coached in that environment in an employed role. And it's not unusual for them to have taken their coaching qualification as part of their employed role. They're used to coaching in the corporate environment and they want to do that for themselves. Let's explore some of the myths of corporate coaching and have a reality check at the same time. Let's bust some myths. Myth number one, corporates only employ big firms. That's not true. It is likely that they get a lot of their coaching delivered by some big associate companies, but they are open to engaging an individual coach if they're the right coach. Myth number two, if you're not on a preferred supplier list, you've got no chance. Also not true. If you do need to be on a preferred supplier list, then there are ways you can get on it. A PSL isn't a locked list. It's a way for an organisation to manage its purchasing processes. If someone within the organisation wants to buy a, a particular coach, that coach will get on a preferred supplier list. Myth number three, my ideal client is someone in HR. It almost certainly isn't. Okay, there may be one or two of you who actually want to coach HR professionals. We have mentees that do just that. But usually the reason coaches give me for thinking that an HR person is their ideal client is that HR hire coaches. An ideal client in a corporate setting is often not the budget holder. The ideal client should always be the person who will receive the coaching or the coachee to use the ICF term. Myth number four, my ideal client is the budget holder. Again, it's probably not. Like HR, budget holders will definitely need you to offer them some comfort, but they are rarely the focus of your marketing. By comfort, I mean a sanity check, reassurance that what you're offering to provide to their direct report is actually what's needed. So there's some myths busted. Now let's have some reality checks. It's only fair to include reality checks, so here are the ones that most coaches seem to misunderstand. Number one, my organisation will give me a contract. So many coaches have fallen foul of this. They thought that if they left and set up on their own, that their former employer would give them a contract. After all, who knows how great a coach they are better than their employer. It's incredibly rare for a former employer to give coaching contracts to former employees. Of all the reality checks you can get, this is the biggest. Number two, lead time. 
after lead time from beginning to market to corporates to getting an inbound inquiry is normally several months. The lead time from that inquiry to actually starting to coach can be up to a year. Don't quit your day job thinking that corporate clients are waiting for you because they're probably not. Number three, I have to quit my job to build a corporate coaching business. No, you don't. And unless you've got a safety net of income or money from elsewhere, it's a good idea to build your business while you are employed. Our corporate mentor, Liz O'Neill, did just this and is now rocking her corporate coaching business. Her clients include charities that are household names. Number four, you need credibility with potential corporate clients. This is an interesting one because coaches believe it's their qualification that gives them credibility and it's not. Liz, who I mentioned above, has literally never been asked by any client about her coaching diploma. The credibility that I'm talking about is your background. You don't have to have held a particular role to be able to coach someone in that role. But if you've got an eye on C-suite and you've never, for example, even managed a team, then you're not going to be the coach for them. Not even if you have an executive coaching qualification. You need to be seen as the ideal coach by your particular ideal client. And if you're not credible to them, you won't be. Thank you so much for listening to the show today. If you found this episode helpful and inspiring, please do rate and review the show. I massively appreciate all your support. If you'd like a bespoke report on the areas in which your coaching business needs attention, go to thecoachingrevolutionquiz.com and complete our free three-minute questionnaire. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you next time.